In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Rebecca King-Ferraro. And I'm Michael Sean Breeden. And you're listening to Conversations on Dance. On today's episode of Conversations on Dance, we are joined by Catlin Addison, principal dancer with Ballet West. Catlin takes us on the journey through her early training days in Canada, the decision to take a risk by leaving her first major company for new terrain, and how that risk has paid off through years of hard work and steady promotions. Catlin will be making her premiere as Odette Odile in Ballet West's upcoming performances of Swan Lake, which is having its run this February 9th through the 17th. If you are in the Salt Lake City area and would like to purchase tickets, visit BalletWest.org. Good morning, Catelyn. Thank you so much for joining us. It's an early morning for you, but you've got to get it in before your full day of rehearsals. So we're super appreciative that you're taking the time. Yeah, it's so great to chat with you guys. And yes, it is early here, but it's okay. <laughs> we'll have our coffee yeah. all together. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, so of course, we want to hear all about your incredible career and where you're at at this point in it. But we always love to start at the beginning with guests we haven't spoken to before. So if you could just tell us a little bit about how you first became interested in ballet or maybe dance at large, um, just a little bit about your early years as a, a baby ballerina. Well, um, probably similar to a lot of dancers. I used to dance around the house all the time. So and then also my sister did dance. So um, she was dancing and I, of course, wanted to do what my big sister was doing. Mm -hmm. So I was just, we started at Debbie Thompson Academy of Dance. So a small school back home and we used to compete and I did jazz, tap, ballet, acro, lyrical, like all the work and performing with showbiz and footloose competitions. And that Uh was little. And then um, I want to say I was nine years old and uh, there was a about the National Ballet School it was right downtown, right nearby where my dad used to work. And um, I did an audition for them. And I ended up getting into the National Ballet School of Canada. And it's sort of crazy now as an older dancer to think like that's when I decided I wanted to be a ballerina is at nine years old. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, yeah I know, right? And yeah. so I was nine and I got into the National Ballet School of Canada and I had to take it really serious because we would, mm-hmm. you know, we'd have school in the morning, then we'd have our ballet classes and then we'd go back to school and then we'd have like a character class or a Spanish class, a uh, flamingo class, movement class. Wow. And then we would uh-huh. continue our point class and like, was very structured. Um, so that's when I decided I wanted to be a dancer when I was nine with the National Ballet School of Canada. And then from there, I spent two years there, then went to Quinty Ballet School of Canada, which was like two hours away from the city because I'm from Ontario, Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so two hours away from Toronto, the city. Um, and I went to Quinty Ballet School. And then from there, tried out for summer intensives throughout high school, dancing with uh, Boston Ballet, Pacific Northwest Ballet, Banff summer program. They did like an apprentice trainee program and then Houston Ballet and uh, getting into Houston Ballet and dancing with HB2 and then getting into the company as a core dancer and then made my way to Ballet West about four years later, actually seven years later. So I spent seven years at Houston Ballet and then um now I'm with Ballet West for 12 seasons, which wow. I didn't think that would happen. But, <laughs> well, but. we want to dig into all of that for sure. But I'm very curious what made you interested to look at summer programs in the U.S. You could have stayed in Canada. What made you interested in in that particular change? Well, when I was at the National Ballet School of Canada, um, you know, there was, I want to say, one dancer of color in the company at the time. And a lot of times they would have, actually, I don't think she was in the company, my mistake, she was in the school, but she was in grade 11. Yeah, she was in grade 11. And they would have this program where they allowed the younger dancers to have big brothers or sisters. Mm-hmm. And she happened to be Tina. Um, and she's actually in the company still as a principal ballerina. Wow. She, was, she was my big sister. Aww. So I know. So I think I didn't realize actually at a young age, like the power of seeing somebody that looks like you. And when I was at the National Ballet School, she was the only one I saw that looked like me that was in right about to get company and I'd watch her perform all the time. And um, I don't think Royal Winnipeg or Le Grand Ballet of Canada or um, any of the other main companies in Canada, I saw dancers of color. So I remember um, my mom was saying, well, Lauren Anderson is, you know, the first black principal ballerina with Houston Ballet and she was still dancing. So it was key that I want to find somebody that was still dancing so I can see them perform. So that's wow. what drew me into it. And my old ballet teacher, Mercedes Bernardes, she was the director of Quinty Ballet School of Canada. And that's where I went to after the National Ballet. She she was the one who really pushed me to go try out for schools in the States because she was saying that there might be more opportunities for me and I would be able to see dancers that look similar to me. And that's what inspired me, I want to say. And that's what motivated me was Mercedes to push me to try for the Houston Ballet. You know, there's a dancer there that looks like you, 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 just, just try, you may enjoy it. You may. And then also there's little bit of the choreographers that come in in the states are a little bit different than the Canada back then mm-hmm. changed obviously now but um there is more diversity in the style of movement mm-hmm. in the states than in Canada mm-hmm. so that's right. what inspired me yeah to 
try the States. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lauren was such a dancer. I mean, what, like when you'd see those videos now and the musicality and just like that hunger for performing, um, I, I feel like when I was growing up, I didn't have a chance to see her dance. And so, you know, I saw her on magazine covers and she felt like an important figure in the dance world. But then now to marry that to her actual talent is so wild. And you just think about what an incredible trailblazer she was that, you know, this is like more than 20 years before most ballet companies were making any serious effort at including more people of color in their ranks. Yeah, she was so dynamic, so expressive, and she just sucked you into her movement and it, you'd follow her along the whole story. And then she was so like precise of her footwork too, that mm -hmm. also I was drawn to and uh, yeah. And she also became a mentor. She still is to me, a mentor, oh, nice. you know, anytime I have something new coming up that I've never performed that she's performed, I usually call her and just chat oh. a little bit, you know, give me something hopefully she'll give me some things to think about um while I'm performing but a lot of times she's she tells me to trust myself and to mm. to allow myself to just dance freely and to um just follow my heart so mm. it's trust myself mainly it's to trust myself and that I can do it so those connections are so important I love yeah she's an amazing artist amazing person mm. so what were some of your first years at Houston Valley like what were some of the rep that you were getting to dance, uh, um, you know, your experience integrating yourself into a company for the first time. Tell us about those early years. Oh, man. Mm, let me think. My first mm. year with Houston Ballet, one that sticks out was when we performed Cinderella, Stanton Welsh's first Cinderella, and he recreated. And I just remember doing the point dance all the time, mm -hmm. quite often. Um, because Stanton would, we would spend like, I want to say six hours. Oh no, I want to say a whole week on one section. So I do remember mm -hmm. being in the studio in my point shoes, doing one section that was probably about five minutes long for a whole week. So wow. that was one thing that it taught me to get used to being in my point shoes for several hours in a day. And mm -hmm. There's no way to get used to it unless you're no. doing it, right? I mean, yeah. it's so tough. <laughs> it is. And, and also being a core dancer, you, and I was new, I would see the senior core dancers work and then just being thrown in at the last second, getting used to that, getting used to mm -hmm. standing, waiting and not actually being in the space to learn. Mm -hmm. So my first couple of years, I do remember, or my first year, I remember it being a lot of times I'd be standing and waiting to like. I want to say the last 30 minutes for my opportunity to get in and dance mm -hmm. and yeah. also perform at that high level that the rest of the core dancers were at. But also another piece that I remember doing my very first year was actually uh, Christopher Bruce's Br Grinning in Your Face. And it's still to this day, it's one of my favorite ballets. Mm -hmm. And it was a neoclassical piece. I think we were barefoot. And I remember dancing with a lot of the principal and soloist dancers. And it was my first year in the company. And that was really, really special. Uh, so cool. Yeah. One with Houston Ballet because I feel like Stanton really pushed me at times. And then also, I also didn't do work. So that also taught me patience where sometimes I was getting a soloist opportunity for one rep. And then other reps, I made, I, I wasn't even in a show one time. 
uh, one of the mm-hmm. reps. So it also taught me the patience and how to navigate the ballet world a little bit. I'm not sure you know, if we've I, ever, sorry, if, if we've ever really touched on that, that because that's such an experience that all new core members, apprentices can really identify with is the waiting for your opportunity, sometimes all day long, just standing yeah. in the back, trying to absorb everything, not having a lot of space, standing in those point shoes, which honestly, standing's worse than dancing in them, right? <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah. yeah. And then sometimes right at the end, just having that opportunity and then having to be like, is this my moment to show them what I can do? And it's very nerve wracking. Oh yeah, it definitely is. And I spent a lot of times during our, cause it's a union company, a lot of times during the five minute breaks, going over the choreography and trying it or stepping into the studio next door, or even the hallway where I felt like nobody could sort of see me or watch me try to figure it out. So that whenever I was called upon, I was ready. And that's, I want to say that was where I got a lot of my opportunities was mm. that 30 minutes of just getting thrown in and performing or yeah. doing my best. Yeah. Know? And somebody seemed to Yeah. Sorry. Something that you also mentioned that I hadn't really thought about or like very much just took me back to a place of being an apprentice and, and having to make those adjustments. But it's a different beast learning the steps and then doing it in the space. Like I really remember the first time I I like I knew Stravinsky Ballet and Concerto Complicated Ballet, but I knew every step. And the first time they put me in with a group, I was a mess. Like didn't know how to be in a line, like was getting in other people's places oh, yeah. and it, disaster. So how did you <laughs> like maybe that's something we could talk about. We have a lot of, you know, younger listeners or or people that are new to companies. And like, how did you start to navigate that? Like, how did you zoom out to know, start to envision where you went in the space, not merely knowing your steps and being able to do them well, but being able to do it in the context of the work? Well, I would really, I think this comes from class a little bit where in class, I would try to really make sure I learned every exercise and still even now to help me pick up choreography quickly. Mm-hmm. I like, I really focus in class. So that like helps me get used to picking up choreography quickly. So when I was in this space for those rehearsals, I would really try to make sure I knew the choreography right away. And then I would stand sometimes in ways that I could see the lines and I still do that too. Like, oh, yeah. I'll stand at the back of the room. But then sometimes when I stand at the back, I can't actually see the lines in the spaces. So then I would move my body to like sometimes standing parallel or in the middle of the room, mm-hmm. still on the side or even closer to the front. So that that way I can see the spacing and the lines. And then I I want to like commend all the or the senior core dancers too. They would also like right before, literally right before I walk into the space, they would be like, be careful of this. So they were really gracious and kind to me to help me through it and mm-hmm. uh, just to make me aware. So I would just try to really be aware and really focus. Mm-hmm. And, and I still think I'm like that where I'm like a horse with the blinders on, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. running my race to just not get distracted it's hard, but that helped me is where I would stand in the room and then to just pick up choreography really fast so that that way I could be ready. And it just takes time in practice. Yeah. 
that's such a good that's such good advice I think about class knowing all the um combinations Michael will laugh because I would always mess up combinations I would not always be paying attention (laughs) but I think that's really good because it is it's so true it's a muscle that has to be flexed and you have to continue even though you're learning choreography all the time every single day you have to learn combinations and that just is so smart to think of it that way is like to help you with choreography too yeah I mean, it's a practice, right? I mean, still to this day, I still mess up combinations and choreography. You know, I still blank out when I'm in the moment, you know, mm-hmm. but it happens. Yeah, yeah. it happens. <laughs> yeah. So it sounds like Houston was a real baptism by fire. You found your sea legs, you know, you you learned this where you learned like how to be a dancer and you had some great opportunities there. Uh, and then sometimes where you were off, but what made you decide that it was time to, I guess, leave that nest and move on, um, experience something different? Well, like I brought up, is sometimes I would be dancing and then sometimes I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. So um, that was really, that was challenging. Um, and I had a conversation with uh, Stanton and, you know, he w- did give me the freedom to, if I wanted to look around, I could. So right after that, um, and prior to that, actually, when I was in Houston Ballet 2, I um, did YAGP because I was having trouble with my visa. So when I was having trouble with my visa, I, you know, they were like, okay, what is ways for Catlin to get more exposure in the United States so that as a Canadian, so that um, she wouldn't have trouble with her visa? Because I just, for some reason, it just didn't work the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, during uh, during that time in HB2, I did YGP. I for my contemporary variation, I won first for that, and then ended up performing in the gala in New York City. And then for my classical work, I came in third. So it was like great. That was great to add to my profile. Um, yeah. So when it when it came time, you know, seven years later, when I was leaving Houston Ballet and had that evaluation with Stan, it was it was, I felt the same way. I was, you know, mentally, it's hard going back and forth from dancing, getting an opportunity of dancing a soloist role in a main company of Houston Ballet, and then sometimes not dancing at all. So uh, then I did uh, YGP. I chose to do a YGP. It was job, it was called a job fair that they were starting. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if they still have it, but it was the first time ever they did it where it was a panel of artistic directors and it was one big class of, I want to say over a thousand dancers and they made cuts every two exercises. Mm. <laughs> so Nightmare. I, I know so I decided <laughs> to go to that and um, it was very nerve wracking, but it was, yeah. it was also at the same time, it was, it was a great challenge for myself because I had to really mm-hmm. pick myself out from the beginning from the very first time I walked into the room. And that's what I always tell like my students when I'm teaching is when you walk into a room or for an audition or even for a class, the, you have to, you have to present yourself in a way that you want to be seen. And I know that's hard and a lot of pressure, but right away, somebody, a choreographer or yeah, or a teacher will know if they want to work with you, you know, from the way you carry yourself. Um, So Anyway, so I'm in this audition with a bunch of American and I think some Canadian artistic directors. And um, after the first two exercises, we got a cut. And luckily, I kept on going. 
And then after, <laughs> after I think Degages, we made another cut. And after that one, um, some of the directors would come up to me and I guess poach me and um, talk to me about uh, how I look and their interest in me. And then class just kept on going and I made it all the way through. And throughout that time, Adam kept, kept on coming up to me, um, the artistic director of Valley West. And uh, he was a familiar face because I remember at Houston Valley, whenever, whenever I was performing, I would see him around once in a while. And I think that's very common as artistic directors, if they want to do a certain ballet, they come to companies just to see. So he looked familiar, but I didn't know for sure what company he worked with. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so when I was there, I went all the way through the audition, uh, class part, then variations and contemporary with cuts every every section. So very nerve wracking. And uh, right away, though, at the end of class, Autumn, Adam offered me uh, a job with Ballet West as wow. a, a chord du ballet dancer. So and did you take it right away? Um, Yeah. Not right away. I mean, I think I went home, thought about it. Yeah. Well, it's just, that's interesting because I think that sometimes when you do auditions, you get to take the class of the artistic director or people part of the, uh, of the organization. So you kind of get a feel, even if just slightly, what it's like. So what was that like to kind of just really take a leap of faith? Well, I, I remember speaking, I know I have to think back. I remember speaking to so many different directors. Like I, I remember even Cincinnati Ballet and Pennsylvania Ballet or Pittsburgh Ballet Theater, then it was called speaking to me and ABT. You were a hot commodity. Well, it was, <laughs> thank you. But it was, it was great for the confidence, you know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And it was such a risk being around so many other like gorgeous dancers, so many other directors and, but it was also financially, it was great, you know, because auditions can be so expensive too. Yeah. It was great that I had all of them there. It was a, you know, it was a challenging experience, but I feel like it was great because then I got to, you know, put a, put a name, put a face to the name of all the directors and also have an interaction with them. Yeah. And, um, it was also really nice that Adam kept on coming up to me and talking to me throughout the process. So mm -hmm. it was really good to feel, you know, wanted or that sought would, after in that way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Sought after. Mm -hmm. And that um, it, it made my decision very easy because, you, you know, as dancers and I try to tell my students this too, it's you, you want to go with a director that wants you to thrive and wants yes. you to see. like that's where you should go even mm -hmm. even if it isn't the main company you want to go for who knows you may, might make it the main company that other artists may eventually want to go to so but true, right? always, yeah go for that company that the director appreciates you everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You must have had a feeling then that for Adam, you weren't just filling in a blank. It wasn't like, oh, I need a, a core lady. Like that seems like he's already giving you an, a clear indication that he's interested in developing you as a dancer. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? You in that moment, maybe even he didn't know it was going to be a principal dancer. But you had a sense like it's I'm I have a journey with this person. It's not just like okay, well, you're you're a body for this moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it could have been, it could have been at that moment, but he going into my career here, he's, he's only shown me that his vision for the company is, is beautiful. You know, that he wants artists who are totally different, but at the same time, very similar, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and uh, that he really respects me and respects me as an artist. And that's been, it's been really, really great. It was a great decision. We've been so lucky to hear a lot about Ballet West recently on the podcast. It's been so fun. And I that's one thing that feels like a through line is the way he wants to develop dancers and be really interested in their whole career trajectory. Not to say that other artistic directors don't want to. I'm just saying like it just is very interesting that we keep hearing that. And I just think that's really, really a great perk of being a Ballet West. Yeah. Yeah. No, I heard I prior to this interview, I was listening to Allison and Evelyn's interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they I completely agree and align with everything they had to say. Like Adam mm-hmm. does have a great vision and you see it yeah. throughout right. the school going into the company. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I feel very blessed. Well, looking at your trajectory, it seems like you had, you know, fairly consistent promotions every couple of years. So it, it looks like that meant that you got to spend time growing in each level until you, in 2021, achieved the rank of principal. Um, I guess, was do you feel like that was the right way for you, this sort of like, not slow, so it certainly doesn't look slow, but you know what I mean? Steady, very steady growth, just like giving you opportunity by opportunity, building on, building from year to year. Like, what was that like for you? Well, yeah, I do feel like it was sometimes when I I did feel slow, but when I look at it, when I look at it overall, it was not slow. (laughs) I had to be patient. (laughs) Yeah. And like, obviously I trust Adam. So he had a vision for, I guess, my career, you know, and you can see it through the work that I do going all the way down to right now. Like this is my first time doing Odette, Odile. And I've never, I'm premiering as in Swan Lake this in two weeks. Um, <laughs> and, but I've never done that. You know, I've never, I've never been Odette Odile yet uh, as an artist. So, and I've been a principal now for, I think, two years. Yes, three years, three mm-hmm. years. Yeah, <laughs> I had to think about that, mm-hmm. you know, but, and going backwards, like, 
you know, doing Onyegin, being Tatiana for that Mm -hmm. uh, role, and then also Juliet the year before that. And um, I'm trying to think other other roles that I was getting, (laughs) but it was slowly and steady going through each role through each ranking. And even from, I want to say it was actually from core to demi solos. I think it was um, in jewels. I got to do emeralds, and that one. And also when we went on tour, I was able to do that. And also the tall girl lead uh, in, in rubies. rubies. In rubies, yeah. yeah. Ooh. So it was like those, those, yeah, those roles that he was pinning me into, where he was also. I guess establish le- allowing the audience to know who I am and know mm-hmm. me, and and sometimes I think maybe that's why it took time to go to like to keep on going because the audience also has to, you know, appreciate my work and sort of fall in love with me. I think that's a part of it as well, and then also maturing as an artist. I think it takes time, and yeah, I I've been patient. Uh, there's a reason for it. It's been hard sometimes, but I feel like I feel very blessed that it was like every other year once I became mm-hmm. a demi solist that I got promoted. So, yeah. 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 And also like when you're saying like that lead up, you know, Juliet, well, it's the least technically challenging of those. Right. So it's like you get to be on stage for a full length, be really, I mean, you're Juliet, of course, but you're also yourself, mm-hmm. you know, they're you don't have no 32 fortes to work no. about. <laughs> and and so, but now you know, like you have it in the back of your mind, like, okay, well, sure, I have 32 fortes, but I also know, have the experience of having anchored an entire evening by myself before. So it's just taking the next step towards that um, yeah. level of artistic achievement. Yes, exactly. And I, I do feel like it was like I had to learn how to be an arts to tell a story. Mm-hmm. first before because you know your technique after a while you have to just trust and hopefully when it comes to those 32 fuetes I could just trust in that yeah <laughs> but, um, or I will trust in that but leading up to it the previous years yeah it's helped me be able to tell a story and grab the audience attention for a full length yeah. with um mm-hmm. artistically before I yeah, before I get to this right. big one, you know. Right. Yeah. I'm wondering. Go, I want to talk about Odetto. Go, 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 go talk about Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, we're going to make sure we put this out so that it's coordinating with those performances. So tell us a little bit about first what it was like to find out that you were going to learn it and then what the process has been like. Because uh, it's just there's so much work, like you're saying. It's not just the technique. There's the working on the acting, the story. There's so much that goes into it. Oh, well, when they put up the casting for it, like I was, I was so excited, but I was so nervous too, because yeah. it, a role, and I should have said this actually in the beginning, but Swan Lake was one of the ballets that I saw when I was young that I was like, I wanted, I want to do that. I want to be that. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing Carrie, Karen Kane perform um, Odette. Mm-hmm. He was stunning, like just so dynamic, just gravitating to watch. So I remember that as a child watching the National Ballet perform. And so now getting the opportunity, I was so excited. Um, mm-hmm. I was nervous because I was working with a newer partner that I've never partnered with before. So that was, that was that's exciting. You know, David Hoffmeyer, mm-hmm. he's a soloist right now in the company. And yeah, we get to partner together for that. 
And um, I was just excited to get get in the studio and start learning. My toes killed the first week. (laughs) And I still have plenty of corns. It's not really (laughs) on my toes. They are killing because I'm really trying to work, articulate my feet because I feel like it's, Mm -hmm. oh, that is so soft and delicate, but still strong and feminine. And, you know, it's been really cool trying to visualize that, you know, during the day I'm a swan, but at night, like when I first do that first entrance, it's like, I'm like jumping out of the water. I'm visualizing that. That's Mm -hmm. Like I'm jumping out of the pond onto the ground and sort of like shedding the the layers of the swan off of me and becoming that woman, but I'm still a you know mm-hmm. swan. So mm-hmm. it's been it's been challenging too. Also, you know, I've had some rehearsals where afterwards I'm like, what am I doing? You know, can I do this role? How do I achieve it? You know, I need I, I need lots of coaching and <laughs> private, you know, to just achieve everything that I visualize um, that I would that I would hope that I can be and perform and bring to that role. And then Odile has just been fun. Like I, I feel mm-hmm. like I'm naturally a little spicy yeah. um, as a Caribbean <laughs> woman. So, you know, <laughs> I, I feel like I've been able to just tap into that and to not be too strong, but then also be su- to seduce um my partner a little bit so um it's been great and artistic staff at Valley West has been amazing they have been awesome they've been so patient you know um Jane Wood who broke it down and taught us all all the steps as well as Bruce Codwell and they just made sure that we knew exactly what we were doing and we felt comfortable in the steps and then um, Pam, Pamela and Adam came in and they've just been like tearing it apart every little detail to make sure there's an intention mm. behind every movement. And that part is the hard part because I'll go to do it. And then, you know, they stop us in the middle and they're like, uh, 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 what are you saying? What are you mm-hmm. trying to portray? And um, then let's try it again. Once you know in your heart and you have that intention in mind before going into it. So that has been challenging and like, but exciting, you know, and like today I have my first rehearsal where I'm piecing it together in front. Ah! (laughs) Exactly. That's how I feel. Um, (laughs) But it's, I'm excited. And I think David is really excited too. And um, we're just ready to like take the space and just feel those nerves. Mm, I wish we could see it. Yeah. From from beginning to end, how long would you say this process would will have been? Like the first day of learning a step to making it on stage. Um, well, we started. I want to say January eighth, and our first performance will be February thirteenth, Tuesday, February thirteenth. So we do Tuesday fast. What I thought you were going to say June when you started. So yeah, I, was I like, heard okay, Jay. Yeah, I was June. like, June. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, I mean, sometimes I'm like, do I need more time? Well, I don't have it. So maybe some way, in some ways it's better. You have less time to kind of think about it and just dive in literally yeah. and do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they also have been coaching us privately every day. Right. Right. You know, every, every section. 
Yeah. So when you're talking about this kind of like visualization that you're having, you're talking about kind of this shedding these moments, how are you thinking through that? Is that kind of like, are you going home and writing some things down? I'm sure that because this process has been so fast, it's probably like all consuming and you're just like, oh, yeah. oh dead, oh, deal at home too. <laughs> so how are you doing yeah. some of some of that? Well, I'm doing a lot of research. So thank goodness for Google and Instagram. So I'm able to look at other ballerinas and look at their process and see if I want to try any of that on, mm-hmm. like an update, you know? So that's helped a lot. And I've seen the Royal Ballet, they do some in-studio footage of dancers going through it. So I've been like paying attention to that. And they even have their artistic direct uh, directors or artistic staff talk to some of the dancers during the process. So I've been watching that. Oh, so cool. getting inspiration from that. Um, I've also been trying to make sure I understand what, like what I'm trying to say. And that comes from, you know, Adam all the time in rehearsals telling us or talking to us, not telling, sorry, talking to us on what we should be thinking about feeling. So that's been helpful. And then also I've been just, you know, going into the studio by myself all the time and just marking through things, not really doing it, but marking through and trying, trying on things and seeing mm-hmm. if that port de bra works and that feeling works or asking some, some of my coworkers, oh, what do, what do you think this looks like? And does this look strong and powerful for one, one section or is it soft enough or where should I look to make my eyes look soft, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's, a, for me, it's a lot of visualization. It's a lot of feeling internally and actually believing it. Cause I think that's where the sincerity comes in. If I believe it, then hopefully I can make you believe it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then practicing the no. step every day in class, we do all the ballet steps. So it's like, every day doing all the relevance, doing all the slow controlled coming down um, positions. And yeah. yeah. You know, I can't help but think about um, what you were saying about Lauren earlier, you know, having how visibility matters and having her as someone to look towards, even if it's not like totally front of mind, you're connecting to this person who looks like you and you need that, but now you get to be that for others. And what does that feel like? That that has also been something that's been on my mind as well is, um, you know, Odette Odile has been a role that a lot of ballerinas know about. And I, I'm always thinking, I hope that I inspire that young dancer that looks like me. And I hope that she can see or he can see my, my work and be inspired by it. Um, you know, Ballet West does have a lot of diversity for a classical ballet company through the through the company and the second company, there's quite a bit of diversity. And um, I don't know, I just hope I inspire the dancers, not even the ones that look like me, just all of them to just see my work and see also when I struggle so that, mm-hmm. and then, you know, learn from yeah. that. Too. And I hope I be, a, I, like- I am a good example to them. Right. I, I also like that you just, you clarified you said, well, not just like little girls, like anyone, like it's kind of just, Anyway. The anyone that feels different, right? It's like I remember on the SAB documentary, um, there was a girl of color who was not Native American, but she was like, I like Maria Tallchief is my reason that I wanted to be, you know, it's just like someone that's different. I don't, you don't have to be exactly that person, but you have to, you want to see yourself through the lens of someone else and their own 
um, journey of being different and still succeeding and and blazing the trail for them. So I think that that was I like that you made that clarification. Yeah, and I I, I try not to be anyone like anyone else, you know, and mm -hmm. um, that's what I hope they see. I hope they see that you know, Cat does not look like any of the other principals, but she's able to be a beautiful white swan. Mm -hmm. black swan you know so that's what I that's what I try and I stand firm on is to just constantly just be me mm -hmm. not try to be like anyone else you know even if Lauren is my inspiration to not be like her but to mm -hmm. you know yeah. to learn from her but to stay true to myself and my authentic cat all cat isms all the time <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that goes back to your research that you're talking about, that you're finding you're looking, you're not just looking to one dancer or one company when you're like looking online, you're kind of bringing whatever works for you and bringing it all together. And that's a true artist deciding what you want to do. Um, I want to talk a little bit too about the speaking that you're doing about diversity and ballet. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, a lot of times I just, um, when it comes to diversity in the ballet world, I a lot of times just want the power of seeing somebody that looks like you is very important. And mm -hmm. I also see in a lot more, a lot of different companies that they are bringing in more dancers of color. And I think that it's so important that we all can, there's, there's, there's beauty in people of all different races and, um, I guess it's the the work that I'm doing is living living proof of it. Like I just try to make sure that I put myself in spaces that don't usually have somebody that looks like me and that I um, continue to inspire this next generation. Um, I teach at the University of Utah as an adjunct part-time. Um, I didn't this year just because of the workload of dance, but I've done that um, over the years so that it allows me to also be within universities and I have gone to other universities like OU and um, the Wyoming, University of Wyoming. Actually, I was there last summer and where it was like I was pitting myself in an environment that doesn't usually have teachers that look like me to um, give that exposure to those dancers. And Beautiful. I yeah, it's, it's sort of hard. I just try to live, live that change and to hopefully hit myself into spaces that uh may not uh, see somebody like myself and hopefully inspire. Right. I mean, Salt Lake City has changed demographically, I'm sure, immensely over the time you've been there. But when you first came, you know, Salt Lake City is famously white Mormon territory. So you had to kind of, I don't know about a leap of faith, but you had to, you knew what you were getting into and you chose to do it because of what you, you had like an, uh, your own sense of self in that position, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was very, very hard. Yeah, it was very hard at yeah. first, you know, because like you said, Utah, there's there isn't as much diversity as compared to comparably to Houston Ballet, right? Or even Toronto, mm -hmm. Canada. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but luckily, you know, Adam kept me very busy with work. <laughs> so <laughs> I was in that creative space all the time. Mm -hmm. And I did have to have a lot. Of, I do have a lot of faith. And mm -hmm. Utah has changed. Salt Lake City has changed so much now over the years. So it's nice to see that change and see the people that are now moving, migrating to uh, Utah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Just for our last question before we wrap up, I wonder, um, this is such a big milestone in your career, Odette O'Deal. What other aspirations do you have for your career going forward? Well, these are great questions. (laughs) (laughs) I just feel like you're going to do something so interesting. I want you to dance forever, but when that's part of your career is done, I feel like moving forward, you're just going to do really wonderful things. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. Um, for dancing wise, I would love to guest perform um, again in another company. You know, it'd be great to go back home to guest perform with the National Ballet of Canada, just because that's where I started. And I've done some guesting with Scottish Ballet and also Ballet West has done touring. So that's been great exposure to to travel around the world and perform. So I would love to do that in mm-hmm. my career before I finish or even within the United States, like to guess with another company so that I'm in a different environment, like I was talking about, right. and to see what that's like and hopefully inspire a younger dancer then or anyone really mm-hmm. yeah. in that space. And then um, I also am really enjoying choreographing. So I've created a couple of works. I've choreographed for Kansas City Ballet, University of Utah, Ballet West. Um, and then last summer, for the first time, I created a piece for ballet jorgen in ontario so it was really mm-hmm. amazing going back home and uh creating a work for a company in toronto too and uh, the toronto star did like a little piece on me so it was great to also create an awareness in toronto that um i'm out there and i'm a classical ballerina and performing in the united states so that was great exposure for myself. So I would love to choreograph some more and choreograph mm-hmm. in Canada and then teach still. I, I'm really enjoying, I love the joy of seeing a student um, tackle a skill and thrive at it. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, being an academy director or an artistic director would be something I would love to do or a resident choreographer that would, these are goals or achievements that I would love to get to um yeah i'm just still working working at it (laughs) yeah well we're happy to hear that the ballet world will be enjoying your talents one way or another for many years to come this was such a pleasure thank you so much for joining us and merit for your rehearsal today and for the shows (laughs) yes thank you so much it's been so great chatting with you guys and Thank you for having me, and uh, I'm excited for today. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, take care. Conversations on Dance is part of the ACAST Creator Network. For more information, visit conversationsondancepodpod.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.